Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Baseball Talk Radio Show. We're talking all about the 2017 World Series, and we have a brand-new world champion in the Houston Astros. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this edition of the Baseball Talk Radio Show. We're talking all about the 2017 World Series, how that ended up, and we have a brand-new World Series champion uh, on the horizon there, the Houston Astros. Gary? Yes, Rich, and hello, everybody, and uh, so good to see you, and I finally got one right. Uh, I picked the Astros to... uh, to win uh once the uh once it started of course but uh got it right for once and uh so happy that uh they uh, were able to do it you know they did it the old-fashioned way they played hard they played defense uh clutch hitting they moved runners along uh still no bunting and stealing but uh uh they did a fine job and they really went out and won it rich they did. They um, earned it. it. was one of the best World Series I've seen in a long time. They forced it to the seventh game. I really thought the edge belonged to the Dodgers. Uh, it was the Dodgers that let themselves down in the end. They had everything to win from this series, but the bats went a little silent in game seven, and we have a, a new world champion in the Houston Astros and some new baseball heroes to uh to bring to the forefront of baseball and that's what baseball has a uh, a good thing about it so to speak is just a few years ago the houston astros were the worst team in baseball they moved over from the national league to the american league uh like a fish out of water almost uh and had a record to show for it i think they had 55 wins one year and that that was a terrible ball team about just a few years later they're winning the world championship and that's the great thing about baseball Um, you could be worst a few years and then a couple years later you're right on top yeah so right rich and uh they they have still and they're a young team too and they have guys coming back next year so uh you know a lot of these teams uh the cubbies looked so good and they were young last year but uh they didn't. They had a little older pitching staff, and they didn't come through this year. But the Astros, uh, they have everything seemingly going in their favor. Of course, there is that hangover. You know, uh, most guys are starting their, their training already for next season, and they're just finishing up this season. And so they'll take a break, and they'll be a little bit behind. But uh, it was it was an exciting World Series, Rich. And uh, seven games, you can't ask for very much more than that. No, it was an exciting back and forth, uh, especially uh, game six. Uh, You you sort of thought that the Dodgers had that edge, um, but they they couldn't do it in the end. And, you know, I I wonder what happens to the Dodgers after this. They have the uh, huge payroll, uh, 200-plus million. Do they stay with that motif? Are they going to back it off a little bit, sort of like the Yankees did a few years ago, 
or do they stay up with the big spenders, the highest spending ball club in baseball? You got to wonder which way uh, L.A. goes. I guess they'll probably continue this next year, but is this something that they'll uh, sustain for a number of years? That'll be a good question. Yeah, it, it'll be uh, interesting to see what they do. Um, you know, there, there's talk they might go after some uh, pitchers that are going to be free agents. Arietta might be a, uh, a fit for the Dodgers. And, uh, you know, I, I, I think, Rich, though, the, uh, the, the big loser in this, as far as I see it, and, and a lot of the baseball writers have also written about this, the big loser in all of this is analytics. I mean, I think that both managers were uh, very strong on the analytics, um, but A.J. Hinch at the end made a very good comment that uh, he went with his gut uh, in the seventh game, and uh, we know who won now. And uh, Dave Roberts used analytics uh, Two more. I mean, they were both over the top, pulling starters in the fourth inning. I mean, that's crazy. It, it was just ridiculous. And uh, I, 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 again, I, I keep saying, show me a team that wins everything with analytics. And and I don't. I can honestly say I don't think we've seen that yet. Uh, because uh, even Houston, he ha he went with his gut. I think it was leaving Morton in there. Or bringing Morton in Game Seven, who shut down the Dodgers uh, right down, and uh, you know um, Dave Roberts was—he burnt out his bullpen early on in in the series. He used so many guys, and they just—they were exhausted. Yeah, I'm I'm not so sure. I I buy the analytics type of. Uh... Uh, argument with this uh, in game seven I would have pulled you Darvish before uh, Roberts pulled him I, I thought they let him go a little bit too far this is a game seven you can't lose in the third inning you can't get behind in this game if you get behind that pitcher has got to come out uh, I would have took taken him out sooner myself uh, I just didn't think Darvish had uh, his a game he wasn't getting his pitches over. Uh, Houston had its way with him long before uh, Roberts decided to pull him out of that game. But call that what you will, analytics or uh, just maybe a sense of a pitcher doesn't have it. But this is a game seven. My opinion, you got to get that pitcher out with a hook uh, if he's not showing that he's he's got it that night, and that. I was rooting for the Dodgers. I wish they'd taken him out an inning or so before. Well, there you go. Maybe that was the analytics as well. You know, maybe he left him in there that extra period of time because uh, he figured he was going to uh, uh, come around or the numbers showed that he was good against certain hitters. I don't know. I, I just think, uh, I, to me, the, the whole key of this series was and now I forget what game it was. Was it two or three, where he pulled Rich Hill out in the fourth inning, and uh, because the numbers showed he's not good the third time around the uh, the lineup, and that was the game Rich Hill was ticked off in the dugout, and to me that's where the whole series swung, uh, because he had to use his bullpen and he kept lefty righty boom bam bing. 
using guys he hasn't used, and then they had the extra inning games, and uh, uh, and he kept using the same guys. He used the one guy three days in a row, I think, and he was toast. He was done. He was burnt out, and and the entire you know bullpen. And then he used Jansen for six innings, uh, six outs. Uh, a couple of innings, and he only done that once or twice during the year. Now all of a sudden he's doing it back-to-back, and and I just think he burnt out the bullpen, and, uh, you know, uh, Houston found a way by using some of their starters and uh, using them in key situations and, and, and an inning or two at a time. Look, McCullers got pulled in the third in game seven, but uh, they hung on, and Charlie Morton, who was a starter, actually closed out the game. So, uh, you know, I, I think it was a better managing job than A.G. Hinch, though both of them, uh, their bullpens were out of gas. And uh, But as you say, they they left Darvish in Game 7, and, and the Astros jumped all over him early and, and then held on. Yeah, I think when you're talking about Jansen um, – to rely on a guy like that for for six outs for two games, I don't think is asking all that much, especially in a World Series type of environment. You've went with him all year. He's your ace. He's your stopper in the bullpen, so to speak. Um, I, I just am of the opinion that, yeah, he should have been able to do that. Uh, gave up to one game, and, and that happens. It's just a, a question of another team being better. Uh, and hitting one out of the park on him like that. And and after that game, he explained that he's human. You know, he made a mistake, and that's fine. But the Dodgers lost the World Series as well. But, uh, you know, it was it was a great World Series. You can always go back and say shoulda, coulda, woulda. But uh, the Dodgers came up short. That was obvious. Um, just reading an article here from the L.A. Times, um, oddly enough... As great as a World Series as it was, Gary, uh, the ratings were not as good as 2016 uh, when the Cubs and the Indians faced off. Um, the viewers were at 18.9 million viewers on Fox, down 19% from 23.4 million that averaged the uh, Cubs and Cleveland uh, series last year. So. I'm not sure why baseball fans sort of didn't jump on board with this series. I thought it was a great, uh, well-fought series, but uh, evidently the viewers weren't showing up on this one. Well, Rich, you know, you also had uh, last year you had that history. Uh, Cubbies hadn't won in, in, uh, you know, a millennium, it seemed. uh, But... um, uh, you know, so I, I think that's what you had going f- forward with that. <laughs> you know, what can I say? I, I, I really think that that was the whole difference. Uh, and and it was the whole thing uh, with the um, with the Cubbies last year. And, uh, you know, that was a big story. And this year the story wasn't uh, quite the same. So even though the Dodgers hadn't won in a while, and and it was the Dodgers, but uh, you know, and that's that's what happens. And and uh, 
we shall see uh, what goes on in the postseason. But, uh, uh, you know, great that Houston won and everything, and they had a nice big parade. And, and uh, of course, Verlander missed the parade. I don't know if you saw that story. Um, because he actually got married to Kate Upton this weekend. And uh, I was trying to figure why he couldn't do both, but it turns out that they got married in Italy. So that explains why he couldn't make the parade. He was on a transatlantic flight to Italy to get married. So uh, congratulations to the newlyweds. Yeah, it's a, a very quick <laughs> quick time before uh, he got married there. I, I was very surprised to uh, to read that. And um, very odd, as you as you alluded to, why would you miss a World Series parade? You just won the World Series. I understand that uh, maybe he made these plans and had these reservations before uh, he knew that the Astros were going to be in the World Series, number one, and before he knew that the, the parade was going to be held because, you know, a ball player would you would think anyway would want to celebrate uh, with the fans and his fellow players first and foremost when they win a World Series. That would be like uh, the Mets winning the World Series and then uh, Syndergaard not showing up out out somewhere in East Jabif or somewhere. Uh, he just ran off and you know decided to get married or whatever. But uh, that that's something that Verlander has to uh, think about maybe down the road, missing the parade for probably one of his most important games that he's ever played in, you know, or a series of games. But well, very interesting stuff there. I'm happy for Verlander and uh, certainly look like a, a fairy tale type of marriage there in Italy. So congratulations to Verlander there. Well, you know, Rich, he, he may have, you know, he played with Detroit most of the year and, and uh, might have made the plans and, and uh, didn't figure on a, uh, he obviously made the plans to take in the idea of a game seven uh, because, uh, you know, there was enough gap of time there. Uh, but I guess he never figured on a, on a parade if they won. And, and as I say, he, f he was with Detroit and maybe figured Detroit wasn't going anywhere anyway and uh, didn't figure on getting traded. Who knows what was in uh, my guess is that the, the plans were made earlier and they couldn't change them, of course. And he did miss it. But, you know, um, can't say that uh, he made the wrong choice either. Very true, very true. So um, I've got up on the screen here, not sure if you can see it or mm -hmm. um, the wedding, some of the pictures there from uh, Justin Verlander there, some champagne. And, and yeah, I guess you don't just have an impromptu wedding in Italy at the spur of the moment. <laughs> so uh, obviously that uh, probably played a big part in um, – Mr. Verlander there, and of course Kate Upton off the market now. So we, anybody that uh, had intentions for Kate, nope, she's officially taken now. <laughs> Mrs. Justin Verlander. Uh, what a lucky guy. He's uh, uh, did all right for himself, huh? A World Series and Kate Upton is your wife in, in the course of a week. Not too shabby. Not too bad. I've had worse weeks myself. 
And of course, uh, who was it? Carlos Correa got engaged uh, after Game Seven on the field to to uh, his uh, lovely bride to be uh, as well. So uh, uh, you know, that's it's pretty neat. Yes, it is. Well, we're recording this podcast on Facebook uh, tonight for the first time, so we hope um, if this goes well, we'll probably be posting some more um, type of these podcasts right on Facebook. And, of course, we're on Facebook, so we'd appreciate your follow. And um, if you listen to the podcast, want to join us live, um, I think this is going to go over well, Gary. I've been looking on the Facebook page. It looks pretty decent there. Uh, yeah, the only thing I'm worried about the audio, but we'll, you know, if uh – we get one thing solved. We'll we'll figure it out eventually and, and get down to it. So uh, uh, we'll be trying. You know, worst comes to worst, we'll see if we can download the video and add the audio to it and put it up to our YouTube page. But uh, maybe uh, I'll have to work on getting uh, a Facebook page uh, just for the uh, audio uh, for the video, and we can do live on Facebook every week and. Uh, uh, work on getting that audio working right. Very good. Well, the uh, Dodgers wasted no time. They announced that Andre Ethier um, declining to uh, offer him a $17.5 million club option for 2018. Uh, they went with a $2.5 million buyout. Still not a bad little payday for Andre Ethier there. And, of course, he becomes a free agent. Uh, team might want to pick him up. Uh, 35 years old. Um, what do you think? Does he have a place uh, out in New York, possibly? I don't know. I, I think they're going to try to stick more in-house uh, for the time being. Um, they do. Uh, there are rumors about certain certain guys uh, coming over or maybe uh, pursuing uh, like a Lorenzo Kane or something along that line. Uh Ethia, you know, they pursued him a few years ago and it never panned out. So um, I don't think they'd have any interest for a 35-year-old. I think they'd be more interested in trying to get Jay Bruce back, something along that lines. Uh, Ethia, I don't think they'll really go for. What about in uh, Philly? Uh, do you think they would go to put a, a veteran on that team? Well, it's interesting because the Phillies just hired Gabe Kapler, who comes from the Dodgers organization. Uh, so he's probably very familiar with a guy like Andre Ethier, and he probably would be somewhat comfortable in having him on the Phillies. So I wouldn't be surpri surprised to see uh, the Phillies pick someone like him up. The only problem is the Phillies already have two decent outfielders in both corners, uh, younger guys that they're bringing up. Uh, they have Obadell Herrera in center. So right now there's sort of a log jam in the outfield. The more focus, of course, is second base and shortstop for the Phillies. I think Cesar Hernandez uh, is, a, is a good second baseman for the Phillies, but apparently, uh, according to what's been written around here lately, they seem to say that the Phillies may be uh, shopping him around. So... Maybe a, a case of no room in the outfield for a guy like Ethier on the Phillies, but I'm sure he'll end up somewhere, maybe in the American League uh, as a DH maybe or something like that. 
Uh, but I'm sure you'd find room for him for uh, Giancarlo Stanton now, wouldn't you? <laughs> well, somebody like him, I don't know about that contract. I, if it were me and I were an owner, I would say, hmm, as I've discussed on a previous show that we've done, uh, that just I would worry more about his overall health. Uh, most for most of that contract, I think it's a ten-year, thirty-three hundred twenty-five million dollar contract, if I'm not mistaken, somewhere along the lines of that. But um, for that kind of money, I just uh, Stanton has not been healthy enough, in my opinion, over the course of his career. Uh, last year, he was very healthy and he did a great, great job all year. So I hope that continues for him. But I would just be a little bit worried about uh, how much he could give you in a season. Oh, I think he can give you quite a bit yet. and uh, I, I think it would be worth the gamble, and if you had the money, I think I'd go after him uh, full throttle, but uh, you know, it's, it is uh, it is that contract is uh, uh, you know, it does make you think once or twice, doesn't it? Whether or not to do it or not, but uh, yeah, I think you got to give it a shot, though, if you can get him. I, unless you're going to have to sell the entire minor league system to get him. Yeah, I just, you know, for what where the Phillies are right now, I, I don't think that would be a good investment for him. But um, he's certainly, uh, Giancarlo Stanton has uh, similar qualities uh, that the new Phillies manager, who's like a fitness buff, um is looking for he's looking for somebody that's intense somebody that's in good shape um apparently he's uh, over the years been um, a fan of healthy dieting and things like that so uh just was watching a few interviews with him before we did the podcast here so it'll be interesting to see what kind of team he fields next year for the phillies because he, he really doesn't have any major league managing experience and you don't really find too many guys that gets a job in the major league baseball that hasn't been at that high level of managerial uh, jobs, uh, really. Yeah, it's uh, certainly true. And uh, Rich, I just got a message that there is no audio <laughs> uh, on the Facebook. We do have audio, and the podcast will be out there as an audio. Sorry, guys. Uh, uh, this was an experiment, and uh, uh, it didn't uh, work out as well as we thought. But uh, the uh, video part is good. Yes, so it is. I'm, I'm watching the post here. Um, of course, yeah, the podcast, the audio podcast uh, will be available. And, you know, like most things, it's a this is very technical to do this and send this over something like Facebook. So I'm, I'm just happy that it looks good for now that we can figure out the audio. Uh, I'm sure, uh, as time goes on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we, I'm sure we will. I don't know what the, what the hang up was, what the problem was. And, uh, uh, but I do apologize and, uh, you know, uh, we'll, we'll figure it out. Yes, indeed. Well, we had a great World Series. Of course, the focus from the World Series turns to uh, the hot stove and a lot of great 
players uh, are available here uh, as the 2017 season came to a close. Um, possibly starters like uh, Jake Arrieta, although I've read rumor that the uh, Cubs will be offering him a qualifying offer. Um, but it'll be interesting to see what happens to guys like Arietta and uh, other top free agents. Any uh, news on maybe the Mets looking for a top free agent? Uh, I don't think they're going to spend the money, Rich. Uh, you know, there's, there's uh, a couple of guys that they should be interested in. Uh, we'll see. I mean, they may try to go after D. Gordon if Miami wants to trade him. Uh, I don't know what it would take to get him. Uh, that could be one solution that they could go after. They really need, in my mind, they need a third baseman. Um, I, I would go after a guy like Todd Frazier. I think he may cost too much for them, though. But uh, he could play third. He could play a little first base. If, by some miracle, David Wright comes back and is able to play. Um, but I'm not sold to the young kid. At first base, Smith, uh, not sold at all on him. But uh, second base is an open position. They, they just picked up the option on a Struble Cabrera. He could play second or third. Uh, if they bring back Jose Reyes, he could play second or third. So uh, I primarily would leave him at second and leave Cabrera at third. But, um, yeah, I... I, I don't think there's not too many guys that they'd be interested in unless, I, like I said before, they're either interested in getting a pure center fielder with speed, uh, but Kane is uh, 32 years old, and, uh, you know, if you sign him for four years, is he still going to have his speed in four years? So that's kind of an iffy signing. Um, my guess, if anything, if the price is right, they'll go back. They'll go after Jay Bruce and see if he uh, will want to come back. He had said in the past that he would be willing to come back. So um, that that would be my estimate about who they would probably go for. I'd like him to see, you know, I would love to see him go after Eric Hosma or uh, uh, Moustakis. The, though I'm not sold completely on Moustakis because they say he's... Uh, a very uh, um, he's wound tight and may not fit into a New York atmosphere. So, uh, but Hosmo would be a guy I'd like to see them go after for first, but I doubt it. The money would just be too much. They don't want to spend, and uh, they get the pitches they're gonna have to pay in a couple of years. So, and they're paying Cespedes. So, uh, Giancarlo would be out too, I guess. But um, unless you could move Cespedes to the market now, they want to get rid of the money. So. <laughs> it is interesting that the Mets would consider bringing back Jay Bruce after, uh, God, there was a, a period there where they would have practically shipped him out for free to a team. Uh, he wasn't doing the job for most uh, Mets fans, and now all of a sudden we find him in demand. So it'll be interesting to see what happens to him. Uh, getting back to the World Series, uh, the Astros picking up on Charlie Morton. I remember when the Phillies signed him, and he, he only played a few games for the Phillies. He was injured uh, for them for most of his stay with them. But they picked him up for a bargain, quote-unquote. 
uh, two years, $14 million. So it's amazing how certain signings will help a team. Uh, how could the Astros know that he would remain healthy? Uh, and throughout some of his uh, last couple years, he's been unhealthy. So uh, sometimes it's a gamble with major league teams, uh, who you pick up, who you sign, things like that. But uh, it'll be interesting to see where this year's class of free agents go, the top top class of uh, guys, and who will be the buyers uh, this year. Will teams like the Phillies be a buyer? Uh, some of the teams have had real bad um, years in the past couple of years. Will they turn around and start getting some players like the San Diego Padres of the world? Uh, it's interesting to see uh, who's going to step up. Uh, it certainly is, Rich. And, of course, we're going to have uh, plenty of uh, uh, f- fodder for the off season, And we've got a question uh, coming in from uh, Jeff from Long Island. And he said that uh, he'll, uh, he'll listen to the audio podcast <laughs> to get the answer. Uh, here he, his question is, with three pitches... Uh, declining to opt out, Cueto, Kennedy, and Tanaka, do you think that the high salaries for starters are over? Well, I would think not. Uh, Top-quality starters are still in demand. You can't go out there and get a top-quality starter and not pay them. We've seen that with uh, all of the pitchers. Uh, Jake Arrieta is going to command a lot of money. I don't think he's going to accept a qualifying offer from the Cubs, but he may, and that uh, offers $17.4 million this year, Gary. That's not a bad payday for for a qualifying offer. You're guaranteed $17.4 million. but he's 32, so he may be looking at a, a situation where it may be best for him to go out and try to get that a $20 million times three or four year type of offer and maybe even more for him. But um, what do you think a guy like Arietta would do this year? I, I don't know. I don't think, I don't think he's going to do as well as he's done that he could have done last year. If he was a free agent, uh, he did struggle this year a little bit and, you know, uh, wasn't the same pitcher this year. So, uh, you know, uh, and Jeff puts out an interesting uh, point here, as he said earlier this week. Ron Darling said on MLB Network, "The starters get the money, but the relievers get must get the outs." And how true, uh, how true that is. And you'd think that the relievers would uh, uh, start the turn would go where they get paid more than some of the starters, but. I, I agree with you. I think the starter still is the starter. And if you can get that rare Verlander type that goes six, seven, eight innings a game uh, and you can ride him, it does make it so much easier on the rest of the rotation and on the bullpen. And, you know, just imagine if you had a team, if you had three starters that could go seven innings in a World Series – and, uh, you know, what a rested bullpen would mean. Of course, I think managers get edgy in the World Series and, and go to their bullpen much more quicker than they would in a regular season. 
and uh, sometimes I don't think that works. That's for sure. And I'm just reading an article here. I, I hadn't realized that uh, baseball writer John Heyman, I think he used to write for Sports Illustrated and other uh, publications like that. He's with a place called Fan Rag Sports. I don't know if you've ever heard of that website, Gary. Have you ever heard of that one? Yes, I've heard of it. It must be an up-and-coming type of website here. You don't really see that many big names uh, like a John Heyman uh, writing for them. But, uh, yeah, that's a good question there from our longtime listener and uh, great uh, podcast buddy out there, Jeff Cohen. He also sent us an email during the week uh, about certain things that he noticed uh, with the World Series. And he says he learned another baseball term called umpire metrics. And baseball keeps track of how many uh, balls and strikes are called by each umpire. Everything's uh, basically recorded now uh, in the game of baseball. So he goes on to say in the email, who is a pitcher-friendly umpire and who isn't? Uh, of course, um, that's always been in baseball, though. It, you didn't need all those metrics and these numbers and stats to know that certain uh, umpires call a loose strike zone and some uh, other umpires have a tighter strike zone. So um, that's just the way baseball is, and that's what I like about baseball. It's not something that's always um, cut and dry course when balls and strikes are concerned uh some of those balls and strikes were a bit outside though don't you think gary did you see that uh, i think it was game seven or game six both of those games there was some uh questionable calls there just a bit outside <laughs> bob yuku would say um yeah and that's gonna happen all year though it, it it seems is is uh the more we specify the strike zone, the more we see that uh, all different umpires have different strike zones. And it, it's positioning. It's a lot of things. But uh, that's the human element of the game. And, and it just seems that they're trying to take the human element of the game out of the game and and make it all very robotic with these, uh, you know, analytics and and. I, I, I think it's going to backfire on them. I don't think it's going to work. I mean, uh, you know, the Cleveland Browns in, in the NFL went to analytics. They even hired a baseball guy from the Mets, an analytic guy. And look, they're, just, they're, they're a holy mess. They're ridiculous. And, and I, 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 as we've always said, there is a place for analytics. But I think this total uh, changeover is is gonna hurt the game, and and uh, or it's gonna hurt teams, and I don't know. I just uh, I, <laughs> I I you know I, I I can't even get into it. I, I don't even know anymore what what they're trying to do, and it. it, it you know, I don't want a couple of guys in a room on computers telling the manager what move to make. Then why do we have the manager hired? Let those guys send messages to the dugouts. 
and and let them take care of it. You still have the human element at third base, uh, you know, whether unless they want to do away with that as well. And uh, you know, the coaches sending guys and 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 a lot of this stuff really isn't new, Rich. A lot of this stuff guys do inherently. Baseball career guys, they knew who had a strong arm, who had a weak arm in the outfield if they were a coach or a manager. They knew which umpires were pitching pitcher-friendly and not. This was all known. This is not a big surprise. The only thing that analytics is different is when they follow it, it doesn't give you a gut feeling. It doesn't take into account how a guy is throwing as a pitcher that night on the field that they cannot tell you that and and they they can, they can tell me I, I i will never believe that they can tell me how a guy is pitching on a particular night because the numbers don't add, always add up correctly yeah and if the numbers always did add up correctly people in vegas would be making a bundle because you could always quote unquote predict the winner. And that's the good thing about uh, baseball. And as you said, it's still a human game. It's not something that you can feed into a computer. You've got uh, a ball that's just down the line. It may be fair. It may be foul type of thing. One hit, uh, or it could be a question of uh, five runs in the bottom of the ninth. You just can't figure out baseball. I don't think it's something that you can figure it out by the numbers, although people will point to different things and say, oh, well, yeah, they did this because the numbers added up. But uh, I, I just don't buy that in baseball. There's too many variables uh, in the game. There's too many things that happen uh, that aren't mathematical, that aren't uh, denoted by numbers. Um, a, a drag bunt, a sacrifice bunt, stuff like that. Uh, I don't know if the numbers can tell you too much about that. Uh, a smart manager like a Joe Madden, he's not relying on computer, I don't think. Uh, he's relying on his own intuition and what he's learned about baseball. And and I'll tell you, if the thing that kills it all for me when the sabermetricians tell you that a strikeout is just another out. I'm sorry you can tell me that, but again, till the cows come home, there's no way I'm going to believe that when I know that if you put the ball in play, so much more can happen. It's such a difference. You cannot score a runner for third. If you got first and third, we talked about this before, and nobody out, and a guy strikes out, you still got first to third with one out. If a guy hits into a double play, chances are you got a run in then. A run is very valuable. I don't they don't understand that. So when as soon as that that's what kills the argument for me, right then when they say a strikeout is just an out. No, I'm sorry, you're totally wrong and and, and you've never watched a game of baseball in your life. <laughs> and that's interesting the way uh, some of the, the sabermetricians and people that are on the other side of the fence actually view that. Uh, so as time goes on, it'll get interesting to see uh, more about the, the numbers game, quote-unquote. 
uh, that some people talk about. And it, in a way, it's good. You know, you get people interested in the game uh, just by that fact. And that might be a good thing to bring them aboard. Um, but what they've been talking about in the last couple of days, Gary, here's an article about Bust, uh, from Buster Olney about the Astros. Are they on the way of building a dynasty similar to we thought like the Cubs would uh, last year? What's your feelings on that? Are we seeing a, a mini dynasty start starting to build down there in Houston, or is this just an anomaly and will we have a different winner next year? Well, I, I think if anything, you're going to see more the type of a dynasty that the Giants were. Uh, win a year, lose a year, because I just think there's just too many opportunities off the field now. And, and uh, you know, the season's so long, as A.J. Hinch said, uh, other teams, their, their guys are starting preparations for next season whereas Houston's just finishing up. So um, you're almost like if you go all the way, you're almost like a month behind everybody else. So um, I don't know. It's so difficult to win and to repeat in any sport nowadays that I I don't know if you're ever going to see anything like, uh, like with the Yankees where they won so many years in a row, you know. Uh, I don't know if you're going to see that anymore. Well, we'll have to see uh, if that is the case. And uh, we'll be with you talking baseball all off season. So uh, stick in with the podcast here and check us out at baseballtalkradio.com. We're also at mlbthisweek.com. So check us out there. Uh, listen to the show. And follow us on Facebook and Twitter. As I said, we're recording this one on Facebook tonight. We've had a pretty decent time with our video. We're going to be working on the audio. Looking forward to bringing you all of the off-season talk. And uh, we want to just say that we're sorry about the audio feed uh, to our Facebook people that tuned in to us tonight. And we hope you uh, hear us on the podcast here on our regular audio podcast, of course. So, Gary, you have a great week. And we'll be, uh, I guess, talking about a lot of hot stove action on our next show. I guess so, Rich. And you have a great week, too. And we'll see you all next time. 